Time for New Zealand Sporting History. And today we are talking to a competitor still very much the top of her game. As of September, Courtney Duncan is a four-time women's motocross world champion. Her latest win, this year's win, comes after a pretty tough year last year where she was taken out of serious contention due to injury, but now she's back in a big way and showing no signs of slowing down. Courtney has managed to find some time in her schedule to come and chat to us. Hello there. Hey, how's it going? Great, thank you. And first of all, congratulations on your win in September. Are you still feeling a buzz on that one? <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, yeah, no, it's um, it's been overwhelming still to this day with the support and messages. And um, yeah, it's been crazy. It's been a crazy couple of few months. Can you tell us a bit about this year's um, competition and, and your biggest challenges and how you eventually made it through? Yeah, so um, like you previously just said, um, I had an injury last year with the collarbone. So I came in this year really hungry and I really wanted to redeem myself and get back on top. And I worked super hard here in the off season through January, Feb before um, making my way over to Europe in March. And yeah, we had six World Cups throughout the year and I managed to win four of them. And yeah, had enough points over the series to be crowned champion. Yeah, no one came last, close. Uh, no, one came, no one came close. Um, well, we'll talk <laughs> about some of your uh, championships and the ones that you are most fond of, but can you take us back and, and talk to us about your introduction to the world of motocross? Yeah, so I got a dirt bike when I was seven years of age. Um, my stepdad got me and my brother a bike, and I was lucky enough to grow up just north of uh, Dunedin in a little town called Palmerston. And, yeah, we had a lifestyle block, so I just rode my bike around the back of the house. And, yeah, crazy to think it's escalated to where we are today. Yeah, at what point did it start getting competitive for you? Uh, I mean, obviously I was born ultra competitive so from day one I wanted to be the best <laughs> at it and from like the club days on the tyre I wanted to win and beat my mates and um, I guess it wasn't until I was probably 12 or 13 when I aspired to be a world champion uh, I saw it on TV and uh, at the time we had a couple of Kiwi heroes overseas on the world stage winning world cups and I guess looking back on it that was what gave me the aspiration and desire to be where I am today. Yeah seeing it is so important right seeing other people do it and thinking well that could be me. Yeah definitely and I think even more so Kiwis doing it right like it makes it seem more surreal when when you've got New Zealanders over on the world stage winning world championships it kind of gives you that hope and um belief that one day that can be you and yeah you can be in that position for people who don't know the sport can you tell us what's involved describe it for us yeah so um racing motocross a lot obviously yeah it's it's not as well known here in new zealand so a lot of people probably don't know the ins and outs of it but yeah. we race two races which are 25 minute races throughout a world cup um and that's like um, around a circuit that's usually about two kilometers long so takes us about roughly on average two minutes to do a lap and um yeah that that's kind of how it works and it's just it's a pretty demanding sport obviously it comes with its fair share of injuries and it, it's high risk and high speeds and um yeah but it's definitely gives you that huge adrenaline rush and yeah, yeah, tell, tell us about the tracks. 
Yeah, so the tracks are all different, and I think that's what makes the sport so cool is, like, we're never racing on the same terrain. Sometimes we can be in the uh, French Alps and, and racing up in, you know, with huge descents, and, and then next minute we can be in Holland in the deep sand Gosh. and racing in the sports of terrain. So you have to be pretty diverse and, and good in all conditions, I guess, to be champion at the end of the year. Yeah. Tell us about your training, particularly in those early days. What were you doing to try and uh, get up to world standard? Yeah, I guess I've always been super dedicated and um, I love the off-bike training just as much as the on-bike training. So ever since I was probably like 10 or 12, I was running the back roads and swimming lengths at the swimming pool before school and um, got a bit older, I was in the gym. But uh, nowadays it's obviously pretty serious and I'm involved with High Performance Sport New Zealand. So I have a trainer and um, that puts me through off-bike trainings and obviously the on-bike stuff's the most serious side of things as well. So we were about four or five days a week on the bike, and, um, yeah, that's pretty hectic schedule. And there's a season for the motocross, so you have off-season here in New Zealand, then head over to Europe, is it? Yeah, yeah, correct. So the season goes from March till September, so it runs through the European summer. And, yeah, like I said earlier, we have six World Cups throughout the year, and um, for the majority of that time I'm based overseas. I've um, been with a British team for the last five years, so I'll be based out of the UK for the majority of that time oh, and, cool. and pre-season, off-season, I'm back home here in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, has your brother admitted that he's better, that you're better than him, by the way? At some point, it must have been clear that, you know, you were going to go all the way. Uh, yeah, no, that didn't take him long. It didn't take him long. He didn't, he didn't last long on the bike. I think he probably... Did two weeks and decided no, nah, it wasn't for him. Okay, so, cool. Um, <laughs> I've lasted a few more years than him. Yeah, nothing to do with his sister being born to do it, I'm sure. Um, so tell tell me about the first time you actually went overseas to compete. What was that? 2016. Yep, yeah, correct. My first um, World Cup was in uh, Qatar, actually, so the Middle East, which was a pretty crazy country to go to and a huge eye opener for me. Let alone racing my first World Cup there, so. Um, yeah. A lot to learn quickly? Yeah, a lot to learn and, um, yeah, just a lot to take in on the world stage and, um, yeah. And uh, presumably a much higher standard than you're used to. I I guess were you a bit of a big fish in a small pond here in New Zealand by that stage? Yeah, I guess so. I I think growing up, I I always, those last few years, knew that we had the potential to to be where I am today. It was just about, I guess, getting those opportunities because New Zealand is so far abroad, right? Like it's, I mean, 30, 40 hours by the time you get over to Europe. So just getting those opportunities and uh, finally got those opportunities, like you said, in 2016 and just made sure that I gave it everything I had and... um, yeah, I mean, you didn't win, but fifth place overall in your first world championship is amazing. And you did win three rounds, I think. So you know you're in the money at that point. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Actually, it was disappointing to finish fifth in my first season because, like you say, I, I come in and I won my first World Cup on debut and went on to win more races than anyone in that first season. And it was just I had the speed, but I didn't have, um, I guess, the head on my shoulders and didn't know how to manage that speed at times. And it took me a couple of years to understand, yeah, 
how to get that consistency under my belt and once I got that down pat, um, yeah, it was all go. How does the, the the team aspect of it work and the and the sponsorship aspect of it? Do you have to sort of manage all that off the track as well? Yeah, a lot of it. Um, obviously, I have a team overseas that take care of you know the team side of things and, and make sure I have a bike to arrive to and mechanics and um, I guess all of that side of things. So I'm pretty lucky there. But um, yeah, obviously. I guess most of it's done overseas. Okay. Um, okay, time for some stupid questions from Jesse. So you you have jumps right throughout the track. Do you go faster on a long jump? Like do you jump – okay, do you jump because it's fun or do you jump because the bigger the jump, the more distance you make? Tell me about what your approach is to those jumps. Um, yeah, I guess – for me, it just comes natural, honestly. Um, yeah, it, it's something that I've been doing since I was, um, yeah, what, seven now, and I was already hitting jumps by the time I was seven on or eight on 50s type thing. So I guess you can look at them and think they're pretty daunting and stuff like that because we're hitting about 100-foot, 120-foot jumps. But Gosh. I guess something that comes with time and you don't think anything of it these days. It looks cool. It's cool to watch, and I'm sure that's part of the thrill for spectators. But um, what are you trying to do? Can you talk us through, you know, doing a lap? I mean, obviously you're trying to do it as fast as possible. But what is the difference between a fast lap and a very fast lap? If you if you're going well, what's going well for you? Yeah. I guess yeah, it could be a few seconds here and there. It just depends how much you're laying it on the line, and and there's a fine line between you know, overstepping that. So, um, and I found out a lot of that in my earlier days as a rookie, I potentially went faster than I needed to go, but, um, yes, yeah, in qualifying, you're putting in some hot laps and then obviously in the races are 25 minutes. So you're kind of looking for an average and something that you can sustain throughout the whole race. Uh, I'm talking to Courtney Duncan, uh, who's world motocross champion, four-time world champion. Uh, she was there in 2016 and 2017 and 2018. And 2019 was your first championship win. So what clicks for you that year? Yeah, like I spoke about, I just learned from my lessons, right? You come in as a rookie and it's the first time overseas. And, um, yeah, it's just... I guess I made mistakes, right? I made mistakes and I had to persevere and learn from those and those mistakes turned into costly mistakes where they would cost me race wins and that resulted in points and then points at the end of the year just stopped me from winning championships. So, um, yeah. Was that your most special one, 2019? Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Um it's, I mean, it took me three years to get it. And like I say, come in, I won my first pro race. So we, you know, expected that to happen a lot earlier. And like I say, I just, I made dumb decisions and stuff along the way and had ended up in hospital and a lot of injuries. And it gets to the point where it's like, man, am I ever going to get one of these things? You know, am I ever going to get one of these things that I was destined to do? And you do question yourself. So 2019, when I crossed the finish line, I was finally crowned world champion like there'll be never a feeling that comes close to that yeah yeah well pretty comprehensive record in 2019 i have to say courtney 
apart from that mm-hmm. first round in the Netherlands where um, somebody else won, but then you won every round after that. Did it? Did you have to do Turkey, the final uh, Grand Prix, to know that you had won overall, or had you already won it by then? No, no. Sometimes you can win before the final race, yeah. but times like we have six rounds you know two races per round and um yeah it's just not enough points throughout the season to be able to win a round early so um yeah it's, it's definitely tough because you have to make sure that you don't get a mechanical or anything like that and definitely puts the nerves on the line a little bit more yeah. but it also brings it right down to the wire as well so it makes it exciting i guess for everyone watching <laughs> who was there to celebrate with you in turkey um, obviously the team were there, but, um, this year my mom was there for my first world cup, Victor, like oh, championship, cool. which was, um, she hadn't been to any of them prior just due to COVID and restrictions around oh, travel course. and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, she was able to make the trip over. And what, what year was that? Sorry. It was 2019. Ah, uh, yeah, that was. No, my mum just come over this year, 2023. Oh, this year. Right, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, we better get to that um, because after 2019, things start getting a bit predictable in terms of you winning. You're in, well, maybe not predictable for you, but uh, looking at the records, you win in 2020 and then you win in 2021. And then tell me about 2022. Yeah, so I was yeah pretty fortunate to go on a pretty good string and win three in a row, which was an unreal feeling, and um, definitely was on a high. And then two thousand and like say twenty two, um, got knocked down again with injury, and uh, yeah, it was a tough year and tough to accept because I definitely was working towards getting the full peak. But uh, looking back on it, it, was probably a blessing in disguise. And um, yeah, I think it definitely made me wiser and sharpen the blade again for this season and. Perhaps a big learning curve with me to, you know, look for, I guess, issues underneath the surface before they're quite there Mm. and um, make sure you keep improving and involving and and working on areas that need, yeah, I guess, improved, even though you're having success because, yeah, perhaps I didn't. I stand still a little bit in 2022 and, yeah, resulted in an injury. And I think if we had been a bit more smarter, we wouldn't have been in that position, but I guess you learn from that, right? Well, yeah. I mean, on the surface of things, because, yeah, as you say, you'd won the past three championships, the past three years. And then in round one in that year, you're not, you're not, you didn't win a race. And then you injure Mm -hmm. yourself on the eve of the next one. So was there a part of you that's like annoyed at not making the podium, um, or at least not winning those races in round one and, and you're pushing yourself too hard in practice or am I just reading too much into that? No, you're probably correct in a way. Obviously coming in, I was under the eight ball there. I just come in, I had um, some issues pre-season and, and just felt like I wasn't, I was on the back foot and uh, I was underprepared and I need to put myself, my hand up and take a little bit of that accountability on and I think had we come in more prepared, we would have been, you know, had a lot more momentum and we wouldn't have put ourselves under as much stress and yeah there was just a few things going on behind the scenes and um yeah obviously resulted in yeah an injury can you tell us about the injury how it happened 
Yeah, so practice, free practice, like you said, I was probably just carrying a little bit of frustration throughout practice and um, didn't have a great look at the track, I would say, in the earlier laps and just had a crash on, yeah, in free practice on probably lap three or four down a hill and went over the handlebars and just landed funny and, yeah, it just hurt my collarbone a little bit and I kept riding but there was a wee bit of sharp pain so I pulled <laughs> off the track mechanic went up to um the x-ray unit because we're lucky enough to have x-ray units and stuff at the races and so uh, doctors and stuff and yeah just got that x-ray and showed that we had a yeah broken collarbone so obviously that's enough said there just put me out of the weekend and when you get put out of a weekend you lose 50 points that's pretty much like mm. i said championship done just trying to imagine how the rest of us would deal with what you describe as a wee bit of sharp pain. Uh, <laughs> I imagine it was pretty spicy. Um, how, how... It was not too bad. Really? Okay. Compared, I've done like four ACLs, so if you put the pain in comparison to the ACL rupture, it's it's not too painful. <laughs> you were back on your bike by the end of the season, though. Yeah, we got back pretty quick, I think, four weeks um, you keep saying we. You keep saying we. It's just you on the bike, though, eh? But you obviously feel like it's a team effort. Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, yeah, it is a team effort. You know, when I win, the team wins. When I lose, the team loons, loses. So it was just a mutual decision that I would come back for the last two World Cups. Otherwise, it's kind of like complete year done. And um, yeah, we, so we got it plated in Belgium. The next day after that race, I flew to Belgium, got it plated with the surgeon there and was on a bike, I'm going to say, within four or five weeks. And then I raced a week later at the next World Cup in Spain. Jonathan's listening. I'd like to know what CC of the bikes you're riding, please. Uh, 250s. Uh-huh. And you're a Kawasaki woman? Yep, correct. There are not many people riding Kawasaki. Um, I'm not sure. Like in in terms of like in the in my class in the WMX. I'm or just in... looking at the uh, list of constructors, and there's a lot of Yamahas and and Hondas, and maybe I can only see three riding Kawasaki's. Uh yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, one and two in the championship were on Kawasaki's this year, so okay. I guess just depends. Uh, and so you must end the 22 season feeling even more determined for this year. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, I come in pretty um, motivated to, yeah, redeem myself this year, I guess you could say. And, yeah, it, it hurt definitely in Turkey, the final World Cup in uh, 22 when I won. It was kind of like a little bit, you know, you're stoked to win that World Cup, but you're also, you know, devastated that you lost a championship. Mm-hmm. And I just remember standing in front of the podium just, you know, kind of taking that, that pain and making sure that, you know, I wouldn't be in this position the following year that I could be standing on that top step. And um, it was almost like nothing was going to stop me this year. Yeah. How many in your team over there? How many people are you working closely with? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I guess you've got your mechanics per rider. Um, I have a teammate. We have a team manager, truck driver, um, cook. Um, yeah, there's there's a few. Okay. Who's, who'd be your closest person there? Who would you see the most of and have the most to do with? 
Um, probably my teammate. I'd live with my teammate and train with my teammate on the bike and um, gym and travel to the races and stuff. So yeah, I had an um, American teammate, which was pretty cool. How did she do? It was a he. he oh, was it? Um, yeah, he also got injured this year, so um, had some good races, but it was also his rookie season in terms of the World Championship, first time outside of America, so I guess he's also had a lot to learn too. You must feel a long way away from home when you're over there, though. Yeah, no, I guess, I mean, it's been my second home for the last five years. I've been based out of the same apartment in England and... Um, Obviously, five years is a long time, so you meet a lot of people and, you know, build a lot of relationships and stuff. So um, I've really enjoyed being based out of England. Actually, the culture is pretty similar and, and the people are pretty nice. So, yeah, I enjoy it. I get the best of both worlds. I guess I get to come home and spend Christmas and summer in New Zealand with my family and friends, and I also get a European summer on the other side. Yeah. And does it pay well enough that it that can be the main thing that you do, the only thing that you do? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been my full time gig since I turned pro. So um, awesome. I guess pretty fortunate after that. You know, not too many people get to say they get to do what they love or yeah, their their day job. Totally. Do you have fear when you're writing? No. No, I've, I've been doing it for so long. Um, it just becomes second nature. Mm-hmm. I suppose if you were feeling scared, it might be a bad sign. Yeah, probably time to do something else. <laughs> well, spoiler alert, you did win in 2023. Incredible. Um, I just have to ask about that first round in Sardinia because I said you'd be coming back absolutely determined to smash it. And then I see you didn't win either of those races. Uh, Talk us through that. Yeah, that's – everyone knows that watches the sand's not my strong point. So, um, yeah, Sardinia is obviously a deep sand track. The same with um, the Holland race is sand as well. So they were the two World Cups that I didn't win, but um, I feel like I did pretty good in terms of salvage a lot of points. Yeah, did enough. Yeah. Yep. Did enough. Where to from here? I think you're 27. Um, How long can you ride at the top of motocross? Yeah, it's a good question. I guess um, sky's the limit, right? Just how long we can stay there if we keep evolving, keep healthy, keep fit. There's no reason why um, you can't see me on top of the, you know, top of the podium for a few years yet. Fantastic. We're really proud of you here in New Zealand, Courtney. Thank you for your time today, and uh, we'll all be watching in 2024. Awesome. Thank you so much. And, yeah, no, I'm just as proud to represent the country and put that, you know, national flag on top. Courtney Duncan, four-time women's motocross world champion.